So call this episode Norbert Strikes Again. So I'm over at the Sheep Creek Lodge, and I'm sorry for being late, everybody. It's just been so dang busy, and, you know, we do a little bit of social stuff here at the uh, Sheep Creek Lodge up here in Talkeena, Alaska, just up just north of Willow. And so we got 20 students two days ago, first day, and we're all sitting tables put together, the whole thing. And there's probably like six glasses in front of me and the whole thing going on. And I got this guy, Mike, one of the students, Mike, sitting next to me. Everybody's there. There's 20 students. Well, all of a sudden, one of my glasses starts moving across the table independently from all the rest. No bullshit. Okay, 20 people saw it. We even backed away from the table. Me and Mike backed away because... It was, a, you know, we're putting tables together and my glass moves diagonally across the table, 18 inches by itself. No bullshit. We all saw it. Norbert was saying, hey, Frank, welcome back to Alaska. And you're listening to the Everyday Sniper and you got Frank from Sniper Side here. I want to knock this guy's out for you for a Monday morning listen and, you know, we did our first class. We just finished it up today. Awesome group of students, 20 people. Uh, you know, uh, just the fundamentals, man, matter so much. It's amazing uh, what we're doing. And we're really just hammering these guys. We're doing multiple evals. We're doing this one-on-one, hands-on. And we're, we're adjusting positions and there's some stuff that we've kind of touched on that's unique that I'm not going to get into that's more of like a process deal. And, and again, we're building marksmen here. We're not building PRS shooters. We're not building, you know, game guys. And because they're not shooting six dashers and, you know, having a, the 6.5 Creed more is definitely becoming more popular up here. They got the ammo. I brought up a bunch of Prime. There's a ton of Prime. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark's not feeling too good. He's actually sleeping right now. It's uh, 10.30 up here in Alaska. Every Actually, all the students for our class tomorrow, they're already in bed, which normally a lot of us are still out drinking. Uh, we came back and, and uh, you know, had dinner, had some drinks. Everybody's hanging out and, and almost half the class is staying over for PR2. So we usually do a lot more PR1s up here. And tomorrow starts our PR2, which gets everybody off their bellies. Uh, you know, tripods, alternate positions. Uh, we build uh, log tank traps and different stuff uh, for these guys. And and I brought up some of my, you know, my wee bag bags and game changers. And oh, I didn't bring up game changers. I brought up the war horses, the Saracens. So I, I actually shipped up a bunch of stuff before I came. And so I have a uh, Warhorse Saracen here. Didn't want to carry it on the plane. I mean, you know, weight is limited. And so we'll be talking about that tomorrow in class and doing different stuff. The adjustments on the PowerPoint, we, had, we, we, we allow return students come back and we give them a bit of a deal. And so uh, what'll happen is uh, we, I think we had three return students for PR1. And, and and that's constantly and three doesn't count Joe PP man Joe PP is a rock star he comes to almost every single class that we have and and Mark cuts him a little bit of a deal 
uh, for the returning students. And the changes we made to the PowerPoint definitely resonated with returning students, which is awesome. That's what we want. That's the feedback we want. But the practical application of what we're doing, it's really, really, we're seeing, you know, visible, real results with these guys. I mean, we're we're taking them out from, you know, zero to a thousand yards. And and the only thing which in in a way it's a, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, but it's a good thing for these guys that they don't have a lot of wind, but there is just enough wind to be annoying. You, You know what I mean? A couple fronts come through, a little bit of rain, the whole thing. Um, you know, so it, it works out well that there's a mix. But this focus on the fundamentals that we're doing is really, really resonating. And I love the fact that we're building pure marksmen and we're not building, you know, guys that are playing game gun stuff. I mean, tons of 308s, tons of Tikas. Uh, the Tikas rock. I, I honestly. If you want entry level, if you want to get into long range shooting, Tika is definitely one of the best ways to go. There's great chassis options for the Tika. Um, you know, it, it's just a, it's just a phenomenal platform uh, to to get you into long range shooting. It, they're I love the Tikas. I have two of them. I'm I'm a huge huge fan. I think we had, out of the 20 students, God, there probably was like six Tikas in the class. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, you know. And like I said, kind of socializing with everybody after and all that. And they all went to bed early, which is, it's funny, the dynamic up here. This is just as much social as it is, you know, student instructor kind of deal with the Sheep Creek Lodge and, and the whole thing. But, um... You know, you, you know, we we eat, drink, and hang out together. But that first night of the classes, everybody goes to bed early. You know, they want to be, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed in the morning. And uh, for for you know, for us, this is like you know, I'm here. I I got here on Friday, um, Saturday, Sunday class, and I'm here until Friday. I don't go back until you know, a week from today, Friday, or not today, but you know, end of the week, Friday. <laughs> And um, it's 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 just it's it's crazy that uh, the 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 amount of learning that goes on, the interaction, the social element of it, and and it's just I think it's funny that everybody's gone tonight, but then tomorrow night we'll all be we'll close this place down at like one o'clock in the morning because everybody will, will have a socialized together, have gotten together, but PR two up here for us becomes the alternate position class. You know, we, we've taken them in PR1, we've worked on their fundamentals, and we hammer these fundamentals. We're making, you know, we do a secondary kind of like take this home with you, and we go one-on-one with every single student. I mean, throughout the, the two days, but at the end, we do it in into such a hyper-specific degree. We have Mark on one side, me on the other. And we're just like, you know, one of us is like, oh, look at your trigger finger. Do this. Oh, look at your rear bag positions. Do this. And, and it's resonating. It's working. It's really, when you go back to these basics, it, there, there's, there's a 
there, there, there's, there's, um, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of missing the word. It's not definitive, but it, there's, there's these results that you just can't argue with. These guys are shooting so good by the end of the class that they just can't miss really in a lot of ways. And, and like I said, don't get me wrong. There, there's very little wind. It's usually edge of plate kind of stuff, but, um, it, it's, it's, it's just an awesome experience to see these new raw students progress if you look at the initial groups that we shoot, or they shoot, and then you look at the ending groups when we send them home with their final 100-yard zero kind of thing, it's night and day. And oh my God, do we had some triggers. And we had two women in the class. Um, first time they have two women up here. And go figure this. Forest, forest. We had two forests in this class. One a guy, one a girl. And... Girl Forest, which we called her Forest, but then the guy Forest we called Trees because he was bigger than her and you couldn't see Forest through the trees because he, he, you know, she's my size. And um, so great time. Everybody's got a great sense of humor, the whole thing. But she's, you know, junior Olympic shooter. She was phenomenal shooter. I mean, really good stuff. But there's still so much fine-tuning that we do with these guys that everybody takes away something. And one of the points we noticed that was really, really interesting, because, I mean, we're, we're, we're you know, we're 10 inches, our nose is 10 inches away from, like, their trigger and their shooting and the whole thing when we're watching them. And we watched them that close several times throughout the weekend was we make them do some dry snaps they have time and opportunity, right? When when you have time and opportunity, which distance should give you time and opportunity, you should dry fire. And so when we're doing these evals with them, we in the beginning, they don't dry fire. Nobody does. Well, then we, we make sure we tell them, snap in before you take your live shot. We noticed that when people are dry firing, that... They'll, they'll do it right. Everything's good. It's all golden. And we'll, we'll get them, you know, some people where we're correcting them and we're doing some things and it's like, hey, change, you know, your finger's not on the pad. You're not 90 degree. You're not coming straight back. Whatever the case may be. They, there may be something. So we'll make them do some more dry snaps. Well, then when we, we get to a point with them and it, it may be three rounds in or three snaps in, five snaps in. It might be 10 snaps in. And then we say, okay, go live. And we make sure they're set up right. They're, they're being efficient. They're up on their elbows. They're not laying on top of their rifles. We get everybody a lot higher. You look at the pictures of Alaska Precision Rifle stuff. We get them a lot higher because they're shooting prone. They're not playing games and it's the whole thing. And it really helps them with their movement, with their bolt manipulation. We had, uh, you know, one guy, or there was a couple, but there was one guy that had some a bit of training, a bit of instruction down here in the lower 48 and stuff. And, and now they live and work up in here and they're laying on the gun and they're out and their forearms are on the ground while well, we move them up. And it's funny how they almost have a shoulder bolt manipulation. Okay. So they're, when they're running the bolt, they're using almost their entire arm and shoulder because they're really kind of just laying on the ground, laying on top of the rifle, forearms are touching the whole thing. We get them up on their elbows. Okay. We get you up on your elbows. 
and they can now move their arms without it being a whole arm movement. They're moving it from the elbow to the to the hand versus moving the hand to the shoulder, okay? When you run the ball, is it coming out of your shoulder? Is it coming from the elbow? Because the elbow should be planted. And then you should be able to run stuff without lifting that off the ground. And, you know, context. Context matters. You guys get that. Well, you, you'll see some guys who are laying on top of the rifles in the beginning. And, and they're, they're a whole arm, you know, movement. Well, we fix that. Well, then with these dry fires now, when they do that, and we noticed with a lot of people, when we say go live they'll then change their position ever so slightly. Like they don't even know they're doing it. They may do three to five really good dry presses. But then when they load the mag and they put around in the chamber, they move, they switch. They're no longer in that same position in anticipation of that live round and the recoil and we know what recoil is like now it's it's nothing like it was we're managing the rifles we're straight back behind we're we're we're, we're you know they don't kick and there's guys with brakes there's guys with suppressors it didn't matter i mean we got guys with nothing you know not even a threaded barrel kind of thing but they'll change check yourself are you changing your dry practice versus live fire because you're in anticipation of that recoil. And, and, and Mark and I were coming back and we were talking about that today. We're like, damn, you notice how many people will dry press perfect and then as soon as we put that mag in and they load a live round, they switch it up. And it, 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 it messes with them a bit. So we really, really hammered down and focused on that. And man, it just pays dividends. You can't uh you can't hype dry fire. Dry fire has so much value. But the thing is, is you can't break your position either. You know what I mean? You can't turn around and do these dry presses and get ready. And we make everybody uh, I mean, the big thing that Mark harps on, this is like, you know, pet peeve um, is l coming off the stock. You can't take that cheek off the stock. And, you know, it's it, it's it's an automatic no-go up here with us. It, it's like if you're doing your dry presses and then we say, okay, go live. And if that cheek breaks contact with the rifle, no, 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 stop. We're doing it over. You know, you may have done three perfect dry presses, five perfect dry presses, and then you just raise that che that cheek off the rifle. Boom, done, stop, reset, do it again. Guys got that? Redo it. Stay on the gun. Think about this. Any problem you're trying to solve with a precision rifle, looking through the scope is where that problem is. And you should be engaged with that rifle and staying and looking down range. You should be able to run your gun 
without looking at it, without coming off. We get really, because there's a social element to shooting, we, we get, you know, really sloppy in a lot of what we do. And, and I got, I was guilty of it today because, you know, I'm fixing things, I'm doing things, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, uh, uh, we swap scopes on people. We, you know, scope might go down and we'll swap a scope up. And so, you know, to re-zero it, I'm helping them. We got a really great method. We've actually, we've been able to, you know, change scopes or do something with people or switch things up. In four rounds, we have a new scope on the rifle and re-zeroed in four rounds. And and it's just an awesome, awesome method w- w- with these guys. And and that's right in the middle of class. You know what I mean? So like like I did, I, sw- I switched out a scope and we have a couple spares up here and the whole thing. And I can swap out a scope and get that student re-zeroed at 100 yards in four rounds. Really cool. And, and so we're, 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 we're on you, man. We're double and tag teaming you. Double team, tag team, however you like it. And um, it's, just, it's just an awesome thing, man. And, and, and it's really cool when you get to do like endless Forrest Gump jokes. Uh, I'm a fan. That's all I gotta say about that. That kind of stuff. Can't do the accent because I had a couple drinks. So uh, anyway, it, it, it's it's just the, the working this dry practice, working this stuff, and getting these guys. I mean, and I mean they're going through rounds here. We get we got a great round count going on with the, with the reduced power points, with the way we're doing things and stuff. I I, I think Forrest uh, by. By four o'clock, Forrest had gone through two hundred rounds for the class and and stuff like that, which is great. And so it's been an awesome, awesome learning experience. I love engaging with like new raw students and people who don't have these preconceived notions. That a lot of them just heard, "Hey, man, you want you want to shoot long range? You go see Mark and Frank up there." And and they're not really invested in any kind of the comps or the games and stuff. They just want to be able to shoot their animals and do their different stuff at longer ranges. You know, they may see something and instead of, you know, they're the woods and stuff that's 70, 100, 150 yards. You know, we're, we're all good with that. But, the, you know, there's the stuff up farther north where they may be able to see those animals out a bit farther. And so they want to be able to effectively engage at these longer ranges. Speaking of which, we had Jesse and Chester. How great it, Jesse and Chester. Oh, I love we had Jesse and Chester in the class. Fucking dude, where's my car? And um, Jesse had a Havoc in 6.5 Creedmoor. Awesome rifle, man. The dude, it was such a laser. Uh, some guy up here, I don't, I, and I'm not going to get into the story, but there's a guy up here that, that donated a target to the, um, to the range. And it's a life-size wolf. And it's got these little tiny, like an eye socket kill zone and a little bitty heart kill zone. And it's small, 600 yards away they put it. And, it, and it's a life-size uh, wolf. And I took that thing and I shot uh, Jesse's rifle, his Havoc. I, I was digging on it, man. It was it was a laser beam. And I, I first round this little like three-inch flopper on this wolf target and I don't even know I haven't gone down and even looked at it it might even be smaller than three inches but it looks right around three inches to me and it's not round it's it's more heart shaped you know and uh 
it, it was awesome just to jump in on this Havoc. Man, Glenn does such an awesome job with those Havocs and stuff. And he was lucky enough, he got one of the Cabela Error Green Havocs at that misprinted price. And, and so the, the dude scored on so many levels that he's got this, you know, twisty, fluted havoc and everything. And, and, you know, and he put the scope on and the whole thing. We build up the cheek. I mean, the duct tape flows freely up here with with, with Mark. Um, it, it, it's, it's pretty funny, man. We build these guys' stocks up, you know, because you, you got to have that, that cheek weld, man. That's a consistency thing. And we just hammer in these fundamentals with these guys, and it pays dividends. Uh, one of the past students had sent his wife to this class, Bethany. She was a with a Bagara, the whole thing, and 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 you know they take instruction so well. Uh, you know, uh, women shooters, female shooters, however you want to say it, and 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 it's just an awesome thing to see them start from you know, very little experience shooting long rifles and stuff to just being, you know, first round hitters all the way out. And, and they, they listen, they absorb, they do the whole thing, but that, that Havoc's an awesome rifle. The Bagaras are really good. They're really consistent. Although in, in this case, and, and it was pretty much new out of the box, Bagaras, you got to check your QC a little bit. The action screws were loose. We had, a, we had a little bit of stuff to play with on that rifle and, and it was new out of the box. And and it it needed a little bit of more love on on the um on the QC side. One slip through, guys, and and you know no drama. We did it. We we handled it. It's it's not that big a deal. But you know you got people out here buying first time rifles like that. That they may not understand that these things can loosen up and move around as much. So it's it's really your job to make sure they're right out of the box. But it, it was it, like I said, no issue. It's just you know a little friendly co- constructive criticism here. But, um, I mean, it, it, it's just so much fun with these guys, and, and, and I dig it. It, it. It's, it's it's you know, no software on the line. Everybody's just writing their dope. They're going old school. A bunch of guys with the Kestrels, and they come up at the very end, because I tell them, don't get your head in the electronics if you have them. And they don't up here a lot. I mean, it's too cold. A lot of the stuff doesn't work, man. When you, when you think about the temperature... God, I wish I could remember some of the stories with the guys telling me what broke. Oh, one guy had a Bushnell, and and, and not a bag on Bushnell. I, I forget what the what the negative temperature was, but he he went out shooting in 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 the negatives twenties and thirties or something, and his his scope magnification wouldn't work, froze up, and the whole thing. And and you know, it it's a harsher environment, and in some ways, I wish I had access to such harsh environments to test some of this equipment when you're doing reviews, you know, because these guys see some unique things. So one of those things is software. Too cold. Doesn't work. You know, and, and then another guy we, we were talking today, um, you know, some of the retuning students who are doing PR2 was was saying something and, you know, said, I forgot what we were talking about, what, what the context was, but he was saying about a nap. You know, what about this with a nap? What about that? And I'm like, well, dude, right now in Colorado, it's 100 degrees. You can't put your phone on the line in Colorado in a 100 degree temperature. I mean, we got UV warnings every time you drive down the highway. The signs are lighting up saying UV warning, stay out of the dang sun. 
Well, you lay your phone on the freaking shooting mat, and within 10 minutes, it's shutting off because it's overheating. What are you going to do? You better have software backup, dude, or you're screwed. So we make sure these guys have hard data. We make sure they understand the value in range cards and things like that 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 we're doing because it's just, uh, you know, minus 20, minus 30, up to minus 50 when we get to the guys up north of Fairbanks and stuff. But, you know, then you go to the other extreme, Colorado in the summer, 100 degrees. It's been 100 degrees every day for the last, like, month. UV warnings because the sun, you're a mile closer to the sun. You put that stuff out there, boom, over, done, end of story. So you 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 really better be paying attention to what the hell's going on. And and like I said, it, it it takes me back and it's refreshing to have this sort of pure new shooter thing going on. And and you know, that's that's kind of what, what what we're seeing up here. And like I said, we're seeing some other stuff, and I'm not, I'm not gonna kind of, dis- you know, talk about it too much, because, you know, people will just kind of lift it, and I get it, you know, we we all lift things from other people, but we got, we 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 stumbled on a little little technique, of for the fundamentals, and in by a technique I mean the order of how you, um, how you engage your fundamentals. We, we we kind of flipped one of them, and it's making a bit of a difference. And it's like you know, it, it's something unique in in a lot of ways. And 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 it's really really kind. I'm gonna tease you with it, man. But it, it's it's really kind of cool to stumble on this change. And and why why we changed it is because we noticed. I mean, you got a class of twenty students. All new, all you know, kind of on on this on this you know beginning level, and then when you go and you see them executing the fundamentals, and it's like mm, change this up, you know, put put this one in front of this one now instead of just making this one be a little bit more in the background. Clue there. Try it like this. Bam. Now they're executing them correctly. All of them. Right? There's there's no mistaking this one. And man, I just think that's so awesome that we're able to, you know, kind of fine-tune and tweak this because we're at such a highly detailed level now of... Both of us, I mean, Mark and I just play off each other really, really well, I, you know, and, and, and that's one of the things, bummer, he's not feeling good, he had to get some antibiotics, and he's taking some Robitussin and stuff, he's got like a chest thing happening, almost like a walking pneumonia type of deal, I don't know, maybe he's dying, who knows, you know, black, I told him he's got the fucking black lung or something, working in the mines and shit, or black mold up here, it's all wet and stuff, but he, he oh, pops, I think I got the black lung, <coughs> you know. But uh, anyway, it's it's just been it's just been really fun, man. Like I said, I'm having a blast. It, it, it's it's entertaining for us. I we we talk about us getting our money's worth, 
is it is it you know we don't charge a whole lot of money up here we understand the economy we understand the student and and, and we, we know what we're looking at and there's some days it's just we're not making enough you know that hasn't been the case in quite a while because we're, we found these ways of building marksmen quicker and more effectively. So it becomes a win for us with the lower dollar value in a way, you know, dollars and cents. I mean, a lot of this comes down to that. There wouldn't be dudes out there charging 80,000 bucks if it wasn't, but there are, and it's stupid. But, you know, we're finding we can go a little bit less and, you know, make our money's worth. And, and, and that's, a, that's a good thing. And it just goes to show how you can do this and get people ramped up and up to speed and build marksmen. I mean, now from here, from here, we can go to alternate positions. Here we can go to the stiff. And not everybody wants to be, you know, jersey t-shirt PRS guy. And I get it. It's 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 a discipline. It's a whole thing. But there's guys that just want to shoot better for themselves, and and that is where we are right now. Now, if you want to go to the next level, if you want to become that guy, you have a great solid foundation in the fundamentals. You understand. It's been explained. The cause and effect. Why are you doing this? Because it helps here. Why do you do this? Because this controls left, right. This controls up, down. And if you understand that, it becomes better. Funny thing. So Jesse here from the Lodge, Sheep Creek. Love these guys. So Jesse comes out today and we're like, hey, man, you want to shoot? And she's like, yeah. You know, we told her we would in the last in the last class. Uh, she was going to come out, but she, she got a, a little bit sick. So I set um. Mark's AX up, 6547 AX from mile high. And I set it up on my really right stuff anvil and I get it put lined up for her and all. She's never shot a long gun before, the whole thing. Put her on the tripod. Cause she's not she's not dressed for this. She's in a tank top and the whole thing. And you know, she's not prepared to shoot in the prone and do and, and do what we're doing. We can't kind of spin her up that quick. So easiest way to do it, tripod in the standing. Come in, lock it down, anvil 30, boom, really right stuff. Pointed at the 1,000-yard target. We got a 12-inch quarter silhouette thing going on down there. Line it up, get it over, tell her where the wind, tell her to line it up. Here, put the cross here. Girl gets second-round hit, rock star. You know, really good stuff. Well, then, you know, the guys had saw me setting this tripod up, and we don't do any tripod stuff in, in uh, PR1. But I may do a demo here and there and different stuff. So I go and I readjust the tripod. I put it up for me. And I did the same thing I did in the Facebook, YouTube, yada, yada video that I did with Mike. Except with the less wind, I set it up at 1,000 yards. AX, 2018 AX, small primer, blah, 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 6547, shooting factory Lapua, slow. God, I don't remember what I put on it, but I got to want to say it was like 11 mils to 1,000 yards. It's so damn slow. And it's a little colder here, you know, high 65. It was, it was, 
if it wasn't 11, it was 10, but it was pretty damn close between 11 and 10 mils to shoot 1,000 yards with that 6547, shooting a 136L factory ammo. LaPoo is super accurate with their factory ammo, but they're in the slowest node possible. AX really writes stuff um, in, the, in, the, in the forend grip there. Set it up on the Anvil 30. Pointed at that same 12-inch uh, half silhouette at 1,000 yards. Stand back, reach up, touch the trigger with the U and my finger. The only thing that touched the rifle was my trigger finger and my thumb. Trigger finger and my thumb. Tap it, press it, squeeze it, follow through, whatever the hell you want to call it. Whack at 1,000 yards. Hit at 1,000 yards, not even touching the damn rifle. That's how good our equipment is today. Where the problem comes in is when we stick us. We're the wild card. We're the variable. I can put this high speed, low drag, fucking you name it, on a really right stuff, Anvil 30, you know, 23 friggin' legs, not even the 33s. I'm running 23 legs, not the thick-ass 33s. Put it in the balance point, mount it in the dovetail, line it up, touch it, it hits. And I can repeat it every time. I haven't missed once with one of these kind of silly little demos that I do. That's how good our stuff is. That's how good an AX is. You know, why does Frank shoot AIs? Why did I make sure that this class, we have freaking two AIs up here that I'm running. I didn't even bring a rifle this time because I got, I brought ammo. I brought, I, I grabbed that Lapu ammo from Mile High. And, but I made sure that as part of this class, we had AIs up here. Okay. We've already sold like a couple of them. But for instructor rifles, we got an AX and an AT. And that's what we're running. Bartlins, small prying pins, the whole thing, and they hit. I just point it on a tripod, touch it off, and they hit. So where do you have to put the focus? You have to put the focus into you. Because, I mean, I get behind some of these, you know, lower-end rifles and stuff that are here, and I'm getting the hits, you know, and, and I'm doing stuff that the student might not be able to do because they don't have the experience level. I, I, I mean, in, in this class of 20, I probably shot eight of the students' rifles easily. You know, I'm all about jumping in and shooting their rifles. And, and it's one of those things like, is it the rifle or the student? Because I really don't know. So for me, the easiest way to validate that, hop on your rifle and let me try it. And if I can't do it, well, then let's start looking at it. What is it the scope? Is it the rings? Is it the, you know, the actions? Like with the Bagaro, we had to tighten the action screws. You know, you, when we're looking at you and you're doing everything right and something's not going good and then we jump on it and it's not consistent, well, now we got to start looking at stuff. Cool? So that's, I mean, that's what it's all about And Man, it, it's it's just it's eye opening. It's eye opening with the fundamentals, you know. Instead of teaching the software, 
instead of teaching the whiz bang this, instead of teaching hold and use your reticle that, and doing this and doing that. Focus on the fundamentals, get them in, and I don't care what scope they got, what reticle they got, what their trigger thing's going on. Doing it, there's no substitute for doing it right. Norbert moved my glass 18 inches in front of 20 people. Boom. Go put that in your pipe and smoke it. 18 inches in front of 20 people. Norbert, the ghost at Sheep Creek. This place is verified haunted. Man, I'm like a ghost hunter. I'm all about this. I'm like clairvoyant or something. I don't know. I And I invite it. But anyway. Guys, I'm telling you. Focus on you. Not all of us have in, in the it's context. Like I said, I'm, I'm not taking away. If you want to run the six dasher and do the free recoil thing. Yeah, it'll work. Why? Because our guns are that fucking good. But what does that really say about you? That you can kind of do a free recoil thing and hit the target. Well, what happens, you know, when you take away some of that equipment, when you go back to 308 and all these other things, can you perform? Do you have those fundamentals or are you relying on your equipment and trying to put even less input in? I want to control my stuff because if I switch from a 308 to 338 to whatever the case may be, I have to control it. Why did Robert Brantley win the King of Two Mile? Because he had marksmanship skills. Because he shot straight and square behind the rifle. Trigger control. He wasn't floating his chin off the stock. Look at the pictures on Sniper's Hide. He wasn't floating his chin off the stock. He's not compromising his fundamentals. Hoping the rifle will do the job for him. While at the same time putting his influences into the rifle. You know... Get straight, get square, get behind the rifle, get on your elbows, get up a little bit higher, and focus on those fundamentals, and it will work. Cool? All right, man. I want to get you guys this for Monday morning. I I really appreciate it, and sorry for the delays and the whole thing. I'm going to be back next Friday. I'll try to knock out another one, and maybe Mark will feel a little bit better. We'll get him to talk. If not, maybe I'll get another guy. But like I said, there's such a social element up here to this that... In a lot of ways, um, you know, I'm upstairs and we're in the bar in the restaurant. We're eating, we're drinking. And it just goes straight from, you know, we meet 745 in the morning. We, we get back 6 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, we're, we're usually till midnight. And it's just nonstop. 20 people worth of questions. We got a new crew of students in. And, and so it's always like engaged. You know, I don't go hang out and hide in the room. I'm... I'm the first one up there if I can, and I'm the last one to leave. Matter of fact, the the singer, the uh, there's a little um, Donovan, he's from Colorado, and he does like a little one-man acoustic thing, and he travels around, and he's coming up, and he came in tonight, and he's like, dude, you're the last man standing again. I'm like, yeah, man, that's my job. You know, this is what I got to do. And, and, you know, there was one other student there, but he didn't know that guy. And so, um, you know, he only recognized me at the time. But he's like, man, you know, and and that's what it is. I stay engaged. I'm up there talking to these guys. I'm making sure everybody knows. I'm answering all the questions. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? What about this? What about that? What are we going to do tomorrow? Well, we're not going to do this, but we're going to do that. And so, 
Cool. All right, man, I'm going to head out. It's uh, probably close to, yeah, we got about 30 minutes for your ride home or ride to work or wherever you're going. But like I said, I want to make sure I get this out to you. Thanks for listening. Uh, we got some more, man. Fundamentalist. Fundamentalist. Cool. Thanks, guys.